Welcome to the Sports Spectrum Podcast, where faith and sports collide. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This is episode number 39 of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Jason Romano. Thank you so much for being a part of our program today. Wherever you are listening, we do appreciate you tuning in and checking us out. As always, you can subscribe and download the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are found, we are there. And of course, all of our content is found at sportsspectrum.com, where we have daily articles, a daily devotional, and all of our content, including the podcast there. So check it out. Everything is at sportsspectrum.com. Today's guest, it's a different type of interview that we've done on the podcast, and it was actually one of the first ones we ever taped. We taped this back in early March in Orlando, Florida at a conference that I was at. Our guests are Craig Terrell, who played with the Seattle Seahawks for seven seasons, and his wife, Dr. Rachel Terrell. Now, most interviews that we do are just with the athlete, just with the player. Uh, And Craig was great. Craig played seven seasons in the NFL. He retired in 2011. Uh, Staple with the Seattle Seahawks, played his entire career there. So you might recognize his name, but his wife, Dr. Rachel Terrell, also joins us. And she's unique because... Right now, she's working and Craig's staying home taking care of their daughters. But also, Rachel, she did this eight-year plan, sort of a study on relationships and love in the NFL. And we talk in this interview about her findings and just how relationships work in an NFL, sort of an NFL environment. Because the stereotype or the view from the fan from the outsider are that relationships don't work that you you see a lot of divorces in sports especially the NFL you see a lot of broken relationships uh, and so I just wanted to have Craig and Rachel on to talk about relationships how they how they were able to keep their marriage together uh, during their time in the NFL seven seasons and what she found in her studies, to tell us that maybe this myth, maybe this perception that we have is a myth and not completely true. It's a unique interview. It, it's a little different, but I think it's good. I think you guys will really enjoy the conversation. And they're just, they're just sweet people. They're just nice people. And we talk about their faith and their journey sort of into marriage and into life. So we talk about that as well. Uh, but this is a different interview, but I think you guys will really enjoy this. So without further ado, here is episode number 39 of the Sports Spectrum Podcast with former Seattle Seahawk Craig Terrell and his wife, Dr. Rachel Terrell. Welcome, guys. Great to have you. Thanks Thank you for having us. us. This is cool. Uh, this is going to be a different uh, sort of story, I think, from the normal sports stories, because I think we're going to talk about some things that most people I don't think even realize exist in the life of the glamorous NFL player. But let's go back to whatever year it was when you guys met and how you how you met and became eventually Mr. and Mrs. Terrell. Yeah, we you know we were actually classmates. We we're in the same class, and I was the. Um, and I know Rachel has a great other version of this, but I was the football player on campus, and she was the super intimidating, beautiful, smart girl in class that I was afraid to talk to. <laughs> and we were actually uh, paired up in the same group, and I know she'd love to pick it up from there. <laughs> <laughs> I was focused entirely on graduate school, and so I needed to get an A in every class that I took. 
And that was my focus. So when I walked in the classroom and saw the big football player in the back of the room, he caught my eye immediately. And I knew that no matter what, I did not want to be put in a group with him because I didn't want to get a bad grade in the class. <laughs> the dumb jaw. Dumb jaw. Yes. Here we go. And of course, God's got a sense of humor. So we had two group projects and in both projects, we were paired together. And so I assigned myself to be the group leader and assigned him the intro and conclusion of each project because I was certain that he couldn't mess those up. <laughs> and I didn't. Wow. I did them well. Wow. Perfect intro and, and conclusion. Do you remember the grade you got? We got an A. I hope so. Yeah, Craig, sure. Craig is a humble and sweet guy. He's also incredibly intelligent. I didn't know that then. So he just smiled and said, sure, I'd love to do the intro and conclusion. That's amazing. So talk, take us back to this time you guys meet in class. And what, where, where is the spark going here? You're playing college football at this time, right, Craig? I am, yeah. I was playing college football, and we actually uh, um, didn't start dating for several years later when uh, Rachel had already graduated from Purdue, okay. and she was down in graduate school at uh, the University of South Florida in Tampa. Um, it was my final season at Purdue, and we were playing in a bowl game in Orlando, Florida. We were playing in the Capital One Bowl. And... Um, Rachel randomly had a friend of hers who was also at, at USF with her, um, who was a Purdue grad, said, are you going to the bowl game? Purdue's coming to town. And Rachel hadn't followed Purdue football in the slightest, so she was, uh, she said, said no, but then reached out to me in email. And, um, you know, it was like, wow, you know, the super intimidating, beautiful, smart girl in my class is reaching out. Um, let's grab dinner while I'm in town. So... Um, we kind of had, uh, you know, one of those like movie type dinners where we're sitting there and, uh, you know, everything we say is like, yes, me too, <laughs> me too, same. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so it was that situation, but um, the timing was so odd because, you know, we certainly could have, um, when we look back you know, now on our relationship, um, we certainly could have, you know, possibly dated while we were there when we first met, but the timing of how our lives were both being shaped up. Um, by God and 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 where we were headed, it was cool that we connected at that point. We had that conversation, and um, and then our relationship grew from there. So before we go into the moment where you're drafted into the NFL, which I know is going to kind of lead us into the bigger discussion about relationships and being you know together in as a couple in the NFL. Tell me about your faith walk. Where did that start? Was it was it rooted from a time you were young? You know, did there a moment happen in college? Like, tell me about your faith walk and when you came to Christ. Yeah, you know, for me, I, I grew up, I went to church when I was young. I really had the moment when I was in Seattle, you know, po you know after college. And um, it was actually through teammates with the Seahawks. And that's why, again, looking back, I look at, you know, why was I sent out to Washington yeah. State to play for the Seahawks, a team you know, I could name the NFL teams, but I didn't, you know, the Seahawks weren't necessarily on the Indiana kids list of like top <laughs> NFL teams that you would, you see yourself playing for when you're a kid. Um, but looking back at, you know, I met guys like Matt Hasselbeck and Trent Dilfer and Brock Heward, who just, you know, spoke into so many guys' lives um, on that, through that organization. And then the older guy, you know, like Coach Jim Zorn was there and, and the impact that he had on guys. Um, and it was actually... Rachel and I were invited to a church in Seattle um, the same weekend. You know, we kind of we'd been there a little while, and we hadn't found a church home. And um, we had two teammates that invited us to the same church on the same day. Oh wow! And separate conversations. Separate conversations, and you couldn't find more different people. <laughs> 
one was Matt. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, a lot of people know Matt Hasselbeck and 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 how he is. And the other was the polar opposite of Matt. Well, you and can just say his name. It was Grant Wistrom. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I remember know, Grant. Just a crazy wild man, just you know, trying to knock anybody out in sight on the football field. Yeah. We loved them both, but didn't expect them both to be attending the same. Yeah. Party. So we <laughs> said, if this church works for both of them, then. We gotta go. We gotta check it out. Yeah, and that, and that's where um, that's where we both um, kind of gave our life to Christ. That's awesome. Great yeah. story. So let's let's go back a little bit. Two thousand four. You finish your career at Purdue in 03. and now it's time for the NFL draft. And I'm guessing you think at this point going to be drafted somewhere in in past the third round, maybe right? And then it turns into the sixth round, and Seattle calls. And we're talking about Indiana, and then we're talking about. Seattle, yeah, big culture shock that changed there. Walk us through the moment when you get the call, and then Rachel, when you're there too, when you hear Seattle, what what is going through your mind? Let's start with you, Craig. Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. I know, um, you know, I was projected anywhere from a late pick to free agent to I could never play another snap of football. Sure, really. you know, it was yeah. I was um, just one of those kind of bubble guys. Um, so. I think I was watching and like it would be cool, but I didn't. I guess I didn't have my hopes set that I was gonna actually get drafted. Um, and then, like, I've got a few phone calls, like people just feeling me out. I think it was maybe for like free agency purpose, you know, if if I didn't get drafted. And then, phone rings and it's a guy from the Seahawks, and he's just kind of like small talking to me, like. Like, I had no clue what was going on. And he's like, all right, look at your TV. We just drafted you. <laughs> so wow. it was like, you know, we had a house full of people. Yeah, um, had a big party. Yeah, it was really cool. And Rachel was there, and uh, she's got a good perspective. And you're not married at this time, right? No, no. You're just kind of dating. Yeah, really defining, you know, what our relationship is. Then. Yeah. Because, like, like she said, she's committed to, to um, uh, earn her PhD yeah. and be in a grad school in Tampa, Florida. And then uh, the Seahawks called. So Seattle calls, Rachel. Yeah, so I was in year one of a five-year doctoral program. And so like any good graduate student would, I had a spreadsheet of all the teams that were possible. Of course. All the teams that might need a defensive tackle. <laughs> how much a plane ticket would cost to get from Tampa to any of the cities. And whether or not we'd be able to make it work by flying to games on Sundays and coming back. Right. And there were three teams that made it impossible to fly back and forth. So I prayed my young faith as hard as I could and said, just, God, don't make it any of these teams. And if you could make it a Florida team, that'd be even better. <laughs> God loves to have a sense of humor, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, he, he wasn't real thrilled, I'm guessing, with what I asked. And so all of a sudden when he said Seattle, his eyes started tearing up and and the cake on the table had already congratulated him and his mom was crying and his family was cheering and I started crying too but it was is this just... a, is this a weird moment like you're so excited the the, the 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 dream is happening you're drafted into the the show to mm -hmm. the NFL yeah. but you're going in one of the three places that you were hoping and praying not to go from mm -hmm. a relationship level mm -hmm. like that's got to be the the different dichotomy of, of emotions like I can't imagine that you're so happy and you're so sad at the same time right it's such a big opportunity and it's not right. an opportunity that you turn down of because you know you know you don't really have a choice in where you go most of the time in the NFL um, so it was a you know, a tricky um, tricky water to navigate in that this is a chance of a lifetime and how how is this going to work mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, so I was scared, and everything I knew about the NFL was what I read in the tabloids or saw on TV, and that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, here I've met this sweet, smart, incredible, humble farm boy, and he's about to be corrupted by the world of the NFL. <laughs> and I don't want that. I don't want him to be an NFL player, and I don't want to be an NFL wife. So, But yeah. I'm in love with him, so what do I do? Right, and so you supported him, obviously. Did, I, yeah. How did that work? Before you were married, did, did you know? Get did you take trips to Seattle? How 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 is that going? And how soon after did you guys get married? Uh, we got married in 2006. So okay. um, Rachel kind of had to make the decision of of with her school stuff, and and I remember you approaching your advisor and saying, you know, I can either struggle and go back and forth and and consistently fight this, or I can turn this into my research. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And I, so that leads us to what I want to get to with you, Rachel. So you have this eight-year plan to study relationships in the NFL. Is that how that started? It started with a, I hope Craig makes the team, and this can be longer than a three-week project. <laughs> a training camp view True. of NFL <laughs> relationships. Let's talk about OTAs, yeah, and, and that's right. about it. Yeah. No, that's and great. So I so. really thought I decided to go to, to Seattle for the fall semester and for the season, assuming he made the team, and to and thankfully he did. And to, I thought I was going to show up with my notebook and just walk couple to couple and say, tell me what it's really like to be an NFL couple. And it would be no big deal. I'd walk back with a tabloid tell-all of my own that I could turn into my advisor and to justify my time spent in Seattle. And I quickly learned that NFL couples are private and guarded, and they have to be, especially from the media. Yes. So... Nobody and they see somebody walking up with a pen and paper. They're like, uh-oh, another media yes, member. Yes, yes. I was not only a rookie's girlfriend, but then also wanted a story. No way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right, Rachel. So you, you decide to try and, enge- and, and embark on this study, relationships in the NFL. What type of research and stories did you find and discover over these eight years? So over time, I was lucky. As you said, it was a long-term project because Craig continued to make the team and to fight hard there. In his second year, uh, Melissa Wistrom came and befriended me and said, what you're doing is important. We need to tell our stories. Hmm. I felt lonely and alone there my first full season and into the second season. And so I kept an autoethnographic journal. Just this is my experience. And I thought that was unique. I thought maybe the introvert in me or the academic in me that was so different from what I thought the other NFL wives would be was the reason that my experience was like that and soon learned when Melissa took me wife to wife and said this is Rachel she's one of us tell her the truth don't tell her what we tell the other people wow and so what did you discover I discovered that my experience was not abnormal these women were smart and they had dreams and they were driven and they too felt alone and isolated and didn't like what they thought the NFL might be and eventually the more time they spent there the closer they got to the other NFL wives and more of a family they became. Mm. They completely had their identities remade by the NFL. But I would venture to say that in most cases it was a very good and healthy thing. Most of them, most of the wives don't work. We talked about this a little before the interview because the only off days that NFL players have, Craig, is Monday and Tuesday, right? So they just... The, I, the thought of being a wife and you kind of have to support your husband and just kind of be there for him and you're right. not working, potentially having kids and all this other stuff, 
that's that's got to be tough from from a from a player perspective. What do you see in there? For sure, you know, I think if you talk to a lot of NFL guys, you you could hear the statement. I dreamed about playing in the NFL since I was a little kid, you know, and it was my dream. And I don't think you'd ask many wives, and they said, when I was a little girl, I dreamt of growing up and being an NFL wife. Right, yeah. Um, but that's the reality that you're in is that the the NFL kind of takes over your life, and it's um, pro sports is, is busy. It's year-round, and they demand a lot of you. So that a lot of time that can, you know, those players are taken by the sport, and they're very visible players, and that can create a, a – large amount of in, in, invisibility for the, your spouse and um, you know I think I tried to knowing Rachel's dreams and what she wanted to be before we met you know I think I took that into account saying you know I know you know this is what we're doing right now this is football right now but I know you want to do these things and um, I tried to encourage her as much as much as I could to pers- continue to pursue those um, to maintain her identity um, because she was given so much to our family. So you're young, you're growing in your faith, you're growing as a couple, you're learning how to be husband and wife, you're growing as an NFL player. So many things are happening. And then from an outsider's point of view, we see this NFL player, even the ones that we may not have, you know, the, the giant stats in the 40 sacks every year or whatever, but we see this glamorous life, living it up, right? Walking in, got the headphones on and, you know, emptying the locker room, got these beautiful houses and all this stuff. But that's not always how the NFL life works, is it, Rachel? No, no. That stuff's all meaningless at the end. Do you remember your rookie year when you came in? And when you're an NFL wife, your career kind of is NFL wife. Sure. And I didn't quite understand how to be an effective or good NFL wife maybe at the beginning. (laughs) We were dating, and he walked into our small apartment, and there I was in my pajamas with my hair all thrown apart. I hadn't even brushed my teeth for the day. I didn't know anybody in town, so there was no reason to get up and get ready. Yeah, we only had one car. I didn't know if I was going to make the team week to week, so we had one car, which I took to work, and then she was just stuck there. So he walked in one day, and you think this macho guy walking in, you know, I, I was at NFL practice, and walks in, and there I am, and... I'm looking at him, and Oprah's just been talking about guys who discover that they're gay and leave later on. And I looked at him, I said, if you are gay, I need you to tell me right now. <laughs> First words from, fo- yes, from yes. football practice. Welcome <laughs> home, honey. Yes. And he looked at me, I'm sure, that was just in my pajamas with my messed up hair. And he looked at me, and he said, what do you want for dinner? And he went and started cooking dinner for us. And uh, it was okay, but it certainly isn't the luxurious life that it's, maybe even he imagined. That does not sound glamorous. It's a tumultuous, um, whether it's a year or 10 years, um, because it's such a it's a game of, of so many unknowns. Not right. just for I – mean, obviously, you can get injured. You know, you hear that all the time. This could be your last play. You know, you play it like your last play because um, you could have an injury that you never – you know, put put the helmet on again, um, but also from the business side of of yeah. the NFL, where you know they can cut you for any reason at any point. You have zero guarantees, and you have to try to plan your life outside of football around that reality. And um, you know, it's and it's not a sob story because obviously NFL guys make uh, make great salaries and are playing the sport that they love, but it's it's hard to plan your life outside of your career you know when there are so many unknowns week to week mm-hmm. hour you know day to day um with what's going on there you don't look ahead in the calendar true so you don't even plan for anything in the next month unless the nfl has sent that schedule to you wow yeah 
like vacations are after the Super Bowl. You have right. to plan those. Yeah. And then that's it because then you have to come back and get ready for off-season training and all of that, right? It is. It's it's it never ends. It's year round and and then eventually they get done with you and you're out of the league and and then they don't put a schedule in your locker anymore. So you have to figure it out all on your own. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably good that you had Rachel with you because I know from talking to a lot of NFL players when their career is done, they're not quite sure what to do. It's like this is all I've known for the last however many years. I've been on this regimented practice schedule, and games are on Sundays, mm-hmm. and I'm off on Monday and Tuesday, and this is what I got to eat, and this is how I got to train. And all of a sudden, that's gone. And mm-hmm. so you play, let's just paint the picture here. You played seven seasons in the NFL, right? Correct. 2004 is your first year. 2010 was your last playing year, mm-hmm. but you were in with the Seahawks in 2011. And then all of a sudden, they say, yeah. we don't need you anymore. That's it. Yeah, just out the door. Um it's it's a hard time, and I can I completely understand why so many people struggle. Um, I certainly struggled, and I had you know. A How wide... old were you when you when you, when you were finished playing? Um, 29, 30, 30? 31, 30. Think about that. Yeah, 30, 30 years, years old, old. so uh-huh. young. That's a young man. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's no more. So no you're more dealing football. with a few factors. You obviously your life has been planned from you from you could make the point that from back to high school all the way through college, through your professional career, your entire life has been structured for you by your football organization. Yeah. From this is the season, this is the off season, this is what time practice is, this is you know, what time you study, um, all, meetings, everything is structured out for your life to run that team efficiently. And that's completely gone. So you are in charge of you know what could be looked at as a huge amount of freedom, but it's also a huge amount of I'm lost. You know mm-hmm. what do I do now for guys that have never had to do that on their own? And it was our family's life. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's everything. That's interesting. So I want to talk about okay, it's it's um, in this in the middle of your career and as believers, young believers in mm-hmm. Christ, you get married. You start, maybe you have your first child or whatever, and you're trying to plug into a community. We know as Christians, just everyday life, regular people, Christians, who they, I talk to many people about the idea of community, being surrounded by like-minded people who can lift you up, who you can lean on, who you can talk to. But I got to guess as an NFL player, it's extremely difficult other than the people in your locker room. And even there, there's, there's, there's few and far between between who that is. For sure. Um, it's hard to to find that church because obviously you're you're playing on Sundays and then in the off season you could not live in that city anymore. Um, I think we were extremely lucky in that we did kind of find a church where a lot of the Seahawks players were attending, um, so it wasn't um, people there. I don't. It seemed like they treated us just like normal people, which is the key because I think and maybe you've seen it from a different point, but. You know, football players aren't anything no. more than just football players. You know, right? But from the fans' perspective, I say from a fan perspective or a, a regular Joe perspective, if they recognize you, you're suddenly playing for their favorite team, and for they might sure. have your jersey, and they root for you, and go crazy on Sundays, and cheer you on, and scream sure. while you're doing making making these mistakes. Yes, and that's you know, it's a scary thing in church. Yeah. Like you know, just because you're good at really good at one thing doesn't mean you're good at life right. uh, so or has if, it means you have it all figured out right. right so if anybody goes to a church where any you know celebrity or professional athlete attend that would be my one message is you know that's that person's just as messed up as the people around you that's um, good to know. and are looking yeah. for the same thing you know they're all seeking jesus in the end yeah um if they're there so 
I think, what did you have a different perspective on? I don't think you could know what normal is because you only were an NFL player because we would get to church after games. Craig would say, okay, let's go. We need to rush to the evening service. Hmm. And people would thank us. And I can't believe you guys came here after the game. But other people were showing up after the game. <laughs> they didn't get thanked. No, they didn't get thanked <laughs> for showing up. They didn't think it was the most amazing thing that you just came to church. But that's interesting that you would go to church on a Sunday during the NFL season after a game because yeah. that's not common. Most NFL players I've talked to kind of like, put church to the side mm -hmm. for 22 weeks and focus on the NFL and they'll be a part of a chaplain chapel mm -hmm. service and talk to their chaplain or whatever or do a Bible study during the middle of the week but church hard to do yeah and and I'm not sure how much we went um, but I know we did attempt to do it whenever we could we and had like, evening services yeah evening church, so home games a home game with the evening service was obviously made it way more doable and like you said we we plugged into our way to couples Bible study that we'd go to midweek um, with other people on the team um, we had a players Bible study that we'd go to during the week um, with women's Bible study women, during the week yeah that but, was our community but all those were a part of the team they were hard to extend into the regular community around you because of your schedule you know the, the demands of the NFL wow so this has been a great conversation I really want to end this uh, with the simple question of what is God teaching you now I've been asking that to every person that's been on the podcast it's a sort of open-ended question but Craig we'll start with you what is God teaching you right now and you know I so blessed to have played professional football and and then the timing of our life now we have three young girls um, our daughters is eight five and two and a half now and boy, that's a lesson for me every day because if I if I thought football was hard and demanding, I'm a full time stay at home dad now to those three girls, and it's I'm with them every morning, afternoon, and just and we're, so you're learning something new every moment sure. being a stay at home yeah, dad. You want to talk about grace and patience and forgiveness? Um, yes. So that is exactly what God's teaching me right now. That's it's amazing. Just, it's just you know seeing them grow and then also reflecting about my growth to the Heavenly Father. That's amazing. Rachel, it's a little different for you. You're going to work and Craig's staying home. So right now in this season of your life and being a mom of three girls, what is God teaching you? Yeah, it's it's so fun to watch him as a dad to our girls. They're, they're fun to watch. Um, God's teaching me. It's kind of surprising to me. I thought that when football was over, it'd be my turn and I would go and I would do my stuff and I would be wildly successful. But it's hard to compete with NFL-level success. Yes. So God's teaching me now that being who I am and using what he's giving, given me is success in itself and success in his eyes, even if that doesn't look like playing in the NFL. That's awesome. And I think, listen, you got a, mar a good marriage going with three young girls. That's success. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, <laughs> I mean, forget yeah. like the vocation and the jobs and all that. If you can make that work, that's success. Right. So, listen, this has been great. Uh, Craig, Dr. Rachel Terrell, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. We love it. And we really appreciate Craig Terrell and his wife, Dr. Rachel Terrell, for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. I had fun doing that interview. That was one of the first interviews I ever taped for this podcast uh, back in March, and we wanted to save it to run it around the time when the NFL season was going on, because it's more relevant, I think, and fans are kind of paying attention more to the NFL, and hearing Craig's journey to the NFL and being drafted by the Seahawks and going from Indiana all the way out to Seattle. It was fun and interesting to get to know those guys, but also just from a guy who's been married for almost 18 years, uh, just hearing their journey of marriage and the findings in the research that Dr. Rachel Terrell found in her study 
uh, of relationships in the NFL was kind of eye-opening. And I think it gives you a glimpse inside what it's like to be the wife of an NFL player and what it's like to try and maintain a relationship during the NFL season is not glamorous. It's not a glamorous life, although it is a wonderful, lucrative career. Uh, if you play long enough, it can be very, uh, very rough and not as glamorous as everybody portrays it. So we do appreciate them being on and, and I'm grateful to have learned from them. And uh, we, re- we remain friends today still uh, as we air this in early September. And grateful for them to come on. Hopefully we'll have them back on. Maybe we can have them on with another NFL couple and kind of do a roundtable on just the different type of discussions, uh, interests, dealings, life lessons, whatever you want to call it that that they've learned uh, in their time in the NFL. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. As always, leave a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. And uh, we will see you next time. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon. This is the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Thank you.